The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Doug Bursch and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. It's Friday. Have you eaten all your Halloween candy yet? Uh, Excuse me, I mean Harvest Festival candy. How you doing? On today's show, we're going to talk about this. Salvation. You know, some of us don't know why we've been saved by Christ. It's not just for the forgiveness of sins. It's not just for eternal life. We've been saved to fulfill a purpose or a promise that God made to Abraham. A promise that has far more to do with community than just your individual life. We're going to talk about that on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. so glad you could listen or join us today. This is the Friday edition of the Fairly Spiritual Show right here on KCIS. Uh, I didn't do a Wednesday show. Sorry. I'm supposed to do it twice a week. I didn't do the podcast show. It was Halloween, excuse me, Harvest Festival Day, and uh, just I had to dress up like a crazy clown. I didn't have time, so I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, I know some of you don't celebrate Halloween. Some do. Some of you, you have your kids dress up in costumes and get candy and go to a harvest festival or a trunk or treat. And some, you know, some do Halloween and whatever. We were out doing stuff and had fun. And so uh, there was no podcast on Wednesday. But normally we bring you the radio show on Fridays and the podcast on Wednesdays. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org to find out more information. If you'd like to call to give feedback for the show, you can call 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Last week, I had someone just give a lovely message about how the show has supported her in her unique calling as a minister and in a challenging church situation. And so I I so much appreciated the feedback. You can call 360-818-4513. Uh, so anyway, on today's show, I, I want to just get into it. Um, I know some of you who don't like Halloween are stuck with that. Just come on. It's okay. Some people do Halloween. Some don't. That's just how it is. In our family, we grew up, we trick-or-treated, and we do not worship Satan. We actually, we got three pastors in our house, so we're okay. We were Christians growing up. We dressed up like Dracula, although my mom, that was a little tough. She was like, I don't know. That's a little too much. But uh, we could only dress up like a clown so many times, and uh, we turned out okay. And then others, you know, you do the harvest festivals, and you do the trunk treats, and you do whatever. And our goals were just, you know, we're trying to bless people, we're trying to have fun, so uh, you do what your conscience allows, and we try our best to bless the world. But the reality is now you got a bunch of candy, many of you do, and, uh, you know, if you're like me, my kids are older now, so there's not as much candy but they understood that their dad had no self-control. And so early on, they would just hide it from me. They would just find ways to hide the candy or say things to me like, I know how many Reese's peanut butter cups I have. So you need to know that. They'd, <laughs> they'd say that to me as they headed off to school. Just, dad, we know. We know how many peanut butter cups we have. We know how many Butterfingers. So just, just so you know, when we come home, we will be looking at our stash and it better be there. And and some of my kids had far more self-control than me. So they, of course, would just keep the candy around for, for weeks 
as a kid, I, I did not have that self-control. But uh, anyway, uh, we didn't have as many trick-or-treaters in our family. The kids are older, and they're wiser, and I'm supposedly on a diet, so uh, I, I did not take any of their candy today uh, or yesterday or so far. At least I'm not going to admit to it on radio. So I want to talk about salvation, and uh, I, I guess speak at different churches, and uh, I enjoy doing that. By the way, if you pastor church, I'd love to come and speak at your church. Uh, don't worry, I will not split your church. I promise not to do that. But I enjoy uh, speaking at churches. I enjoy uh, guest speaking. It's fun when you guest speak. You don't know anybody's stuff. You know, I, I pastor a church. You know everybody's stuff. So when you speak, sometimes you can't look people in the eyes. Uh, but when you guest speak, you can look people right in the eyes. You can say, you know, if you're struggling with pornography, and you can look people right in the eyes because because you don't know their stuff. Or, you know, if your marriage is struggling, you can look people right in the eyes because it doesn't look like you're trying to manipulate anyone because you don't know anyone. So I enjoy that. But when I go and speak at churches, one of the things uh, I often ask them is, is this question. Uh, Paul says, he talks about that Abraham is the, the father of our faith, or Abraham is the example of how we are saved by faith, that Abraham was saved by faith before the law. We know in Romans 4.13, uh, Paul mentions uh, Abraham's covenantal relationship with God did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. In Galatians 3, 6, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. That's what Paul says. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So I ask people, so we say that Abraham had faith. What did Abraham have faith in? And so I'll guess speak, and I'll say, what did Abraham have faith in? And people will say, well, he had faith in God. Or he had faith that God would make him righteous. Or and and often what you'll find is people really don't know the specific promise that Abraham had faith in. Abraham did not just have faith in God. Abraham had faith in a very specific promise that God made to him. And uh, I want to look at that. So I'm going to read a little bit of scripture. If you're in your car right now. Please don't try to read along as you're driving. You will get in an accident. But if you're listening at home, uh, why don't you open your Bible or your Bible app and read along with me? You can go to Genesis 12, 2 through 3. And I'm going to read some other scriptures here as well. But here's the promise that God made to Abraham that Abraham believed by faith and it was credited to him as righteousness. This is what God said to Abraham. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God promised Abraham, or Abram, depending upon when the story is, that I will make you into a great nation, into a great people, that will bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth. In Genesis 13, 14 through 17, God makes this promise again. He says, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So I'm going to make you into such a great people. 
that your offspring will be as, as much as the stars in the heaven. Well, actually, look in Genesis 15, 5 through 6, he says this, And he brought him outside and said, Look towards the heavens and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. See, God made a promise to Abraham that was more than just a promised land. God made a promise to Abraham that I am going to make you into a people. And you are going to be a people that bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth. And Abraham believed that promise. And it was credited to him as righteousness. For us to understand our purpose on earth, our purpose as Christians, we need to understand that Christ Jesus went to the cross not just to forgive us of our sins, not just to restore us in right relationship with God, but to restore us in right relationship with God so that we could fulfill or that he could fulfill this promise that he gave to Abraham through us. The promise that God Abraham that God gave Abraham was this that Abraham would be made into a people that would bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth when you've been forgiven when you've been restored into right relationship with God your assignment is to carry out the assignment that God promised to Abraham that you would be made into a people and that you as a people would bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth That's your purpose as a Christian. Your purpose as a Christian isn't to get your individual needs met. Your purpose as a Christian isn't to get your individual wants met. Your purpose as a Christian isn't, well, I need my job and my work and my house and my marriage and my kids. Your purpose as a Christian is to enter into this larger promise, this promise that God gave Abraham. This promise that Abraham would be a blessing to the rest of the people on the face of the earth, and that Abraham would be this blessing as he became a people. American Christianity doesn't talk about community. We talk about the individual, the me, 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 me gospel. It's the Beaker gospel from the Muppets. You know, Beaker from the Muppets, me, 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 me. That's what we talk about. It's the me gospel. Many people do not even know the promise that God gave Abraham. I I left out another verse where God speaks to Abraham, and again and again, God comes to Abraham and says, I have come to you to make you into a people. That's my purpose, to make you into a people. And as a people, your assignment will be to bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth. It's more than just having a promised land. Is more than just having a place for you to abide. It's that through you, you will bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth. That was Abraham's assignment, and that's our assignment as well. That's your assignment, that's my assignment. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about your assignment as a Christian. It's not just your individual needs, but to be a blessing to the rest of the people on the face of the planet. Hey, I so much appreciate you listening to this show your support, your help matters. Could you please go to fairlyspiritual.org and check out past podcasts? You can subscribe to the show on iTunes. There's so many ways you can support us. We need your financial donations to stay on the air, so please donate. Your donations make all the difference. Also, feel free to call the show on this number, 360 818 
360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. I'd love to get your feedback. Thank you for listening. All right. On today's show, we're talking about the purpose of our salvation. This might seem so obvious. Yeah, I know the purpose of my salvation. I was dead in my sins and you know, I was separated from God. And so Christ went to the cross and he saved me and forgave me of my sins. And so now I have a relationship with God and now I have eternal life with God. That is not the reason Christ went to the cross. That's not the only reason. Christ went to the cross so that the promise he gave to Abraham could be fulfilled through us. God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I am going to make you into a people. And as a people, you will bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth. When you were saved, part of your salvation was for this purpose, to make you into a people, to graft you into a people that would bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth. And this is why you cannot grow as a Christian in isolation. You cannot grow if your Christianity is just about your individual isolated needs. That's why there's no such thing as a Christian in isolation. Christians are called to community. Christians are called to a larger expression of existence than their individual needs. They're called to Abraham faith. Abraham's faith was about being made into a people that would bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth. And if you've accepted your salvation in Christ Jesus, then you've accepted that same faith that Abraham accepted. Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness, and Abraham's faith was in the promise that God would make him into a people, and that as a people, he would be a blessing to everyone. Your goal, my goal in life, is to be a part of a people that would bless others. That's my assignment. My assignment is to be a part of a, you know, an expression that's larger than myself, and that that expression would be primarily focused on blessing others. The focus of my salvation, the focus of my existence is to be a blessing to others. The focus of my existing is not my wants, my needs, my desires, my expectations, but it's about us. Christianity is about us. It's not about the individual pixel, but the larger picture. You know, on the television screens, high-definition television screens, they have, you know, thousands and thousands of pixels. Your mom said, don't get too close to the television when you're young because you'll go blind. And you could see, you immediately you went close to the TV because, you know, you wanted to see it. And you got close to the TV and you saw that individual pixel. Well, so often we're living for that individual pixel when God wants us to live for the larger eternal picture the big picture that he sees. So often we're living for the individual brushstroke when God is painting a much larger picture, the big painting. A painting is made of thousands and thousands of brushstrokes, and we're living our lives for the individual brushstroke. God wants us to live for the big picture, the picture where he makes us into a people, a painting, a larger story that blesses the rest of the people on the face of the earth. Some people might say, okay, Doug, so what? What's this have to do with me? Exactly, that's what I mean. We turn everything into us. Maybe your next year has nothing to do with you. Maybe God is calling you into a season where it's not gonna benefit you. It's not gonna benefit your individual needs. You're not gonna get wealthier. You're not gonna get healthier. You might not even feel happier but you'll be able to advance a purpose that is larger than yourself. It will actually help the community of God. 
It is amazing how almost every spiritual step we take is often rooted in our individual selfish desires and needs. And yet the examples of Abraham, the examples of Moses, the examples of any of the patriarchs of our faith, or or any of the, the founders of our faith, or the examples of our faith, is that they sacrificed the individual needs for the needs of the community. They didn't live for their individual purposes. They laid down their lives and their individual needs for the larger expression of the kingdom of God. It's true in the Old Testament. It's true in the New Testament as well. And yet somehow we want to turn our Christianity into this individualistic, focused, self-fulfillment gospel. Abraham was saved by faith, and it was credited to him as righteousness. But that faith was in this, that he would be made into a people that would bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth. When you gave your life to Christ, you were committing to this, that you were saying, God, I want you to make me into a people. So that means the trajectory of our faith is always to open ourselves up to community. It's always to say, I want to be a part of something larger than myself. I always want to make sure that I put myself into a position where I can truly be a part of the community of God. By the way, everything I'm talking about now is from chapter 8 of my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. So first, everything we're about is about the community of God. And secondly, as we're a part of the community of God, our purpose is to be a blessing to others. So it's not inward-focused, but it's always outward-focused, that we gather for the purpose of blessing the world. That's our focus. You know, when I look at Abraham's life, there's a couple things that strike me as one, it's, it's not about the individual. It's about the community. But the other thing that hits me is that Abraham had to have faith that far surpassed his lifetime. You know, sometimes we say, if I just had, you know, one more word from God, one more sign from God, are you ever like that? One more vision from God, you know, just God, if you just do one more thing in my life, then I'd serve you. Are you ever like that? (laughs) I don't know if you're like that, but I, I can be like that, right? Just, just one more thing. If you just gave me one more vision, one more sign, one more dream, then I'd, then I'd really follow you. Just give me something like you gave Abraham. There's a story in Abraham's life in Genesis 15 where God gives him an amazing sign. Genesis 15 is an amazing story, but God has Abraham go into this deep sleep. And as Abraham goes into this deep sleep, amazing things happen. God tells Abraham all these things that he's going to do through Abraham and in Abraham's ancestors and through Abraham's lineage. And Abraham wakes up with a new revelation of God. But in the story in Genesis 15, God tells Abraham when Abraham's in this deep sleep that it's going to take 400 years until God begins to fulfill his promises to Abraham. Yes, in Abraham's lifetime, Abraham's going to have a son. And so the promises of God are are going to start to be fulfilled in Abraham's lifetime. But the big stuff, the stuff about really becoming a people that will bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth, that's not going to really start happening until 400 years later. God gives Abraham this vision. Not for 400 years will this happen. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have 400-year faith. 
I'll commit to the Lord. And if I don't see something happen later in the day, I'm like, I don't know if I even heard from God. I'll pray for something for a few weeks or a few months or a year. And if I don't see something happen, I begin to question if I'm on the right page. But Abraham is given by God a vision that says, I'm going to do something in your life, but it's going to take 400 years. When I look at this vision, it's so similar to what happened with Adam in the garden. Adam goes into a deep sleep, and Abraham goes into a deep sleep. When Adam goes into a deep sleep, he's alone. Eve has not been created yet. Adam goes into a deep sleep. God separates Adam and forms Eve. Adam wakes up, and he feels less than. He knows something's missing in him, and he sees Eve, and he says, You are bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, together we're one. Adam sees Eve, and he realizes, I need Eve to be one. I need community to be whole. I can't do this alone. It's not good for me to be alone. For God to work his purposes through me, for me to be fully human, I need community. Adam goes to sleep. He wakes up and realizes he needs community for God to carry out his purposes in his life. Abraham has promises from God. He goes to sleep. And when he goes to sleep, the promises of God are really about just his lifetime. But he goes to sleep, and when he wakes up, he suddenly realizes that he's dependent upon something far greater than his own lifetime for these promises to take place. Just as Adam needed Eve for the promises of God to, to take fruition or to take hold in his life, Abraham needs not just an Eve or not just a spouse or not just someone in his own life. He needs generations to be faithful for God to carry out the promises that he's given him in his lifetime. Because Abraham suddenly realizes that it's going to take 400 years for God to carry out his promises in his life. And that means that he's going to have to trust not only his family, but his kids' kids and his kids' kids' kids and his great-great-great-great-grandkids are all going to have to in some way by faith pursue this promise that God has given to Abraham. That Abraham is going to have to trust a much larger community. He's going to have to entrust his life to a much broader, larger community. The promises of God are going to have to be carried out through generations in order for them to be fulfilled. Abraham has to realize that he's living for something that is far bigger and far greater than his own lifetime. He's going to have to live with a 400-year faith mentality. When I look at Adam and Eve... When I look at Abraham and his descendants, I see a different kind of faith than the individuality of our faith. We so often make everything about individual fulfillment. But for Abraham, he realizes this. I have faith in you, God, but in order for your promises to take hold, I must entrust this journey to something larger than myself. I must entrust it to my children and my children's children and to generations, I must work within a larger community than myself. Every one of us have been called to a vision that is bigger than ourselves. I want to ask you these questions very simply. Are you living for yourself? Or for, are you living for Abraham's promise that God would make you into a people that would bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth? Are you letting God make you into a people are you letting God form you through community and into community? 
Are you letting God bless people through you? Or is it just about your blessing and your priorities? Are you embracing 400-year faith? Are you living for that community or is it just about you? And if things are going well with you, you're in church. And if things aren't going well with you, you're out of church. Are you maturing in the promises of God? Faith is not about our individual pixel. It's about the larger picture of God. Are you living for the larger picture? Are you living for the larger perspective? Do you have Abraham faith? Abraham faith, where you can look at the stars and say, I'm a part of that. God has made me into a people, a people that will bless the rest of the people on the face of the earth. I'm not just going to live for individual, selfish, pixel faith pursuits. I'm going to live for the larger picture. All right, make room for the Lord. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I so much appreciate it. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org find out more information to donate. We need your donations to stay on the air. It really matters. If you enjoy the show at all, please donate or we're going off the air. You can also call to lend your support. Uh, You can call to give feedback. 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He loves you dearly. I'll see you next week. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.